lock and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show. Welcome to the Steve Dace Show here live and on demand on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. I'm Steve Dace. Live here from the Beeless, Waspless, Yellow Jacketless adjunct studio. I am hoping it will be my final day here. Uh, Totters and Aaron McIntyre are back in the comfy confines. They are telling me now we're on day, what is it? Is this three or four days in a row you guys haven't seen anything? Three. So right? far. Three. Yep. Three. Three days in a row. So I'm, I'm hoping I'm going to be back there again with you guys on Monday. Our good friend Shannon Joy will be joining us here in a moment as well for the Dace Group. Of course, we love to know what you think about what we think. Let us know via the stevedace.com inbox. You can email the show, steve at stevedace.com. That's D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook, where I will lie to you with my Facebook-approved takes. I got to tell you, I put one up this morning I liked quite a bit. This is one of my favorite ones. And I, I don't even want to spoil it. You just... Um, I, I just want you to go and, and read it for yourself. One of my favorite ones I, I put up there uh, this morning with hashtag Facebook approved takes all eyes because that's all Facebook wants on its platform. It's just all eyes. So, you know me, I'll, I'll give the audience what it wants. If you want to know what I really think, you can follow me on Twitter at Steve Day Show. Also look for me on MeWe Parlor, Gab and Getter, where we tell you the truth there, as well as look for cl- clips of the show that are full of truth and is therefore not censored at rumble.com slash Steve Day Show. And again, the last name is D-E-A-C-E. As con- I-, I continue to have emails pour in from people fighting with their corporations over whether or not to obey what is a clearly anti-constitutional action by Joe Biden. So if, if you should know, if your company is, is debating whether to abide by this attempt by executive order to forcibly inject people with an experimental therapeutic, if your company's wrestling with this, you should know they were always planning on doing this to you. They're, what they're wrestling with is whether this is, a, is, is an appropriate enough and a large enough fig leaf to cover their back end. That, that's, that's what they're wrestling with. They were always planning on getting there. What they're, what they're wrestling with is if whether this is enough of a ruse, a good enough canard, a big enough camel's nose under the tent, if you will, to justify it. That is why, folks, when there is opportunity for us, and we don't have a lot of those opportunities these days because corporate America has largely been infiltrated by the spirit of the age as well. But when there are opportunities for us to do business with companies who think and believe like we do, let's take full advantage of it. Like with Patriot Mobile, pro-America, conservative, Christian, and they offer broad nationwide coverage. In fact, they use the same towers as all the major character char- characters and carriers do. Uh, but they also offer you a plan that fits into any budget, and they've got 100% U.S.-based customer service team. They also offer separate extra incentives and savings for veterans and first responders, and they never give the money you give them to the very causes trying to end your way of life, but those trying to preserve it. So right now, go to PatriotMobile.com slash Steve or call 972-PATRIOT. That's PatriotMobile.com slash Steve or call 972-PATRIOT. And with the offer code Steve, you'll get a free activation on your phone. Again, a free activation activation on your phone at patriotmobile.com slash Steve, or give them a call at 972-PATRIOT. Next hour, we'll find out what you think via the stevedace.com inbox on a Feedback Friday, but we begin first with the Dace Group.
Your weekly look at the week that was begins, as it always does, with issue one. Bleep, Lord Nefarious says. Do you have a percentage in mind uh, of Americans that need to be vaccinated before uh, we reach a point to, to really uh, suppress uh, this this virus and actually be on uh, on the the winning side of things is it 80 percent is it 85 percent is it 90 percent of americans joe we don't know tonight i'm announcing we will increase the average pace of shipment across the country of free monoclonal antibody treatments by another 50 percent why is the biden administration cutting these supplies that's not accurate. Our supply is not unlimited, and we believe it should be equitable across uh, states, across the country. It seems to me crazy that a year and a half into this, you can still, I can still get on a plane to Boston or California, and nobody's going to check me. Do you think that needs to change? Well, that's on the consideration, certainly. Why is it that you're trying to require anybody with a job or anybody who goes to school to get the COVID-19 vaccine, but you are not requiring that of migrants that continue walking across the southern border? That's correct. Go ahead. I think we have to stop coddling people when it comes to this and the vaccine saying, oh, you can't shame them. You can't call them stupid. You can't call them silly. Yes, they are. It's time to start shaming them. You're vaccinated? Yes, I am. Oh, you are? Because I already have natural immunity. Yeah. You're not going to follow me around in the store and point at me to people. So I will video you. So it's what do you all of our in job for? as a community to come together. You're not even shopping. Sure You're going around to shamed. harass people. Then make sure that people are shamed. When, he was following when they put the me. rest he of us at risk. And we have seen growing evidence that the dangers to our country can come not only across borders, but from violence that gathers within. There is little cultural overlap between violent extremists abroad and violent extremists at home. But in their disdain for pluralism, in their disregard for human life, in their determination to defile national symbols, they are children of the same foul spirit. Well, thank you for very, uh, rightly putting the spotlight on concerns about the LGBTQI plus community uh, in Afghanistan and the particular threat that they uh, may find themselves under. Uh, this is something that we are focused on. Guy the Biden administration droned. Was he an aid worker or an ISIS-K operative? Uh, I can't speak to that, and I can't speak to that in this setting in any event. We've always felt connected uh, to China. Uh, but with their uh, military aggression in the South China Sea, with their continuation of genocide with the Uyghurs in uh, Xinjiang uh, province, but we have to work together on climate. Climate is an overriding issue. This idea that, you know, well, you know, what do you want to do with Biden? I want to box him. I should be so lucky. You know what I mean? But it is, the, the, the kinds of things, or, you know, stuff that is coming out of Florida, stuff that's coming out of, you know, Robert E. Lee had been in Afghanistan. You're the one. No, anyway, I don't, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you too much. Does anybody know, I've seen that clip now about a half dozen times, what, what does he say there? Does anybody, does anybody know? And I, I'm just going to tell you, man, if I walk into a store and I see you as a guy doing that to a woman, 
I'm going to turn you into a tackling dummy. And you're going to land ass first in the closest display in the store. You've been warned. Let's get to the first question. Shannon, to you. What was the best of the worst this week, in your opinion? Well, I did like that woman. I love the independent citizen journalists whipping out the camera anytime people threaten them or intimidate them. So I, I actually loved that clip because she took control of the situation. But I have to say, uh, George W. Bush crawling out of his hole, right? He has nothing to say about lockdowns, nothing to say about force masking, force vaccine, the uh, the economy, the, the destruction of our constitution, this tyranny that has rolled out over the past two years. No, he waits to crawl out of his hole and demonize, right? And defame actually the base of the Republican Party and conservatives, the very people who supported him for so many years. It was the 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 perfect end, I think, to his career. And I'd be happy if I never saw him ever again. That was disgusting. Disgusting. Preach. Todd. Uh, it's Blinken, Nod, whoever he is talking about his deep, deep concern about the LGBT community in Afghanistan. Like... Todd, it's the LGBTQIA uh, plus community. My Get bad. it right. Of course. My bad. Like, I, you A, you left them there. B, uh, could we not be concerned with, like, everybody who's under the gun of tyranny? Ju just them? C... It's Afghanistan. Like, you didn't get this figured out for 20 years while you were there. Wh what the hell's your concern gonna do now? D, it's Afghanistan. <laughs> I mean, the, uh, the, there are leaders. What the hell, people? <laughs> and they're everywhere. They're down at your school board. People just like this preposterous just like shannon said just the it, him bush all of them just clowns. D clowns if i didn't live here with them and i my children like i did like you deserve to be rolled by whoever china muslim horde whoever you just like you don't they, deserve they, freedom they are they're already rolled they already are I know. And they're trying to now impose that rule upon the rest of us. They're they're already ruled. They're already given over. Now they're trying to impose it on the rest of us. Aaron. So I was going to say Blinken as well, but uh, fortunately, as is the case every single week, yeah. it seems like there's a there is not a dearth of of uh, content from which to choose. So I'll go to the Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi. What's a little genocide between friends when? Uh, this whole world will be a burning ball. Of I mean, that's basically <laughs> what she's. We know. have to allow the genocide in yep. order to stop the genocide, yep. Aaron. Like we had to suspend the free market in order to save it. Yes, exactly. Yes. Yeah, we have yes. to let the genocide happen in order to find out. No, I, I just, I, I, I don't think I could say much more that doesn't echo what what Todd said as well. I, I really, I just realized I left the the school board member here in in Urbandale, Iowa. I left the, her out of the out of the montage that's my bad everybody I, to just make todd's point these people are freaking everywhere 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 um and, and to say to just talk talk so flippantly 
about genocide. I mean, what's she going to do next? Next, uh, crack open her eleven thousand dollar refrigerator or freezer and and show us her uh, artisanal ice cream collection while she talks about genocide or maybe I don't know uh, Chinese style lockdowns. I mean, goodness gracious, come up with a better imagination than that. To be fair, I mean, she's been running officially as a pro genocide candidate her entire political career. I mean. True. She she doesn't really care whether it's the it's the Chinese Muslims or American babies uh, getting dismembered. She's she's been pro genocide pretty much her entire political career. She's that's kind of her jam. Let's get to the exit question because I, I I'm I'm beyond disgusted. I'm not offended. I'm not even angry. I want to hurt people. Like, I just want to take my belt off. And I want to see, like, a a city-wide-sized woodshed. And I want to take a lot of these people behind it. So we should quit talking now. Let's get to the exit question. On a scale of 1 to 10, With one being the odds Joe Biden remembers saying a week ago he was going to double the supply of life-saving monoclonal antibodies, and 10 being the odds Biden is being demonically inspired to ration them against red states now. Rate this week's level of total depravity. Shannon. I'm in a good mood this week. We had a lot of great court rulings, and I feel like liberty is is, was limping along and is on the march, so I'm going to say I'm about a five. I'm used to all of this. It doesn't really phase me much anymore. Todd. Ten. Aaron. Ten, which is better than last week. The answer is 72. Uh, before we continue on, uh, I want to let you know, and I need one of these here in the very next commercial break, about our great friends over at Built Bar. You want a great snack, but you don't want to pack on the pounds while snacking on it? Well, I've got great news. You don't have to sacrifice taste and health anymore with the absolute greatest protein bar of all time, known as Built Bar. If you like Mounds Bar, their co- their coconut flavor tastes exactly like one. If you like chocolate mint, get the mint brownie. I love that one, too. I mean, I, I love all of these. Some I love a little bit more than others. Then there's the specialty flavors they roll out with, like the chocolate chip cookie dough, one of my all-time faves. Uh, These are always in the single digits, even the more decadent flavors in the single digits for net carbs, for grams of sugar, Uh, well under 200 calories, loaded and packed with protein, and easy on the tummy as well. You cannot beat it. It's absolutely one of the best products out there that I've had a chance to try in, in, in really any arena over the last few years. It's why I'm an enthusiastic uh, both uh, consumer and also spokesperson for Built Bar. 20, or I'm sorry, 15% off right now when you go over to built.com, B-U-I-L-T, to get to your order now. 15% off with the discount code DACE. That's my last name. Discount code DACE, D-E-A-C-E, at built.com to get 15% off. Let's get to issue two. Is COVID-19 actually worse than it was a year ago? A year ago at this time, the nation was in the grips of a heated election. Talk of a so-called twindemic of flu and COVID was ratcheting up, and Anthony Fauci had taken a back seat in favor of Dr. Scott Atlas of Stanford in the White House Coronavirus Task Force. 
The seven-day rolling average of cases of coronavirus hovered around 30 to 40,000 for the month of September, while the average deaths hovered below 1,000. This year, through half of September, the seven-day rolling average of cases is around 150,000, while the seven-day average of deaths is around 1,500 attributed to COVID. This trend is not new. According to the World Health Organization's COVID dashboard, the U.S., Israel, U.K., Germany, and Canada all had more COVID cases and deaths in August of 2021 than August of 2020. So why is this virus seemingly getting more virulent and more deadly in the middle of summer? Man, it's, it's a mystery. It's a mystery wrapped in a riddle inside an enigma. Let me give you great use of a drop there at the end, by the way, Aaron. Let me give you some further data. Um, and we had some of this earlier this week. The, the state of Michigan was averaging uh, just about three fully vaccinated hospitalizations from the middle of January to the first of to about the first week of August. In the last 30 days, that state is averaging over nine fully vaccinated hospitalizations. Keep it Vermont yesterday hit its all-time case high. Keep in mind, we are not in the season for the Northeast. Uh, Alabama has its worst amount of hospitalizations right now that they've had since January. I went and looked at the Nordic countries, none of whom are in their seasonality right now. I wanted to see, because this is where Sweden is located, I wanted to see uh, where they stand with COVID compared to this time last year. Denmark, cases are up there 66%. Deaths are up 950% from this time last year. Denmark is the most vaccinated Nordic country, 74% fully vaccinated. Cases are up 1,067% in Norway. Cases are up 934% in Finland. Cases are up 427% in Sweden. Thankfully, in those three countries, deaths are at least somewhat stable. And then I went and looked at just randomly, how about the top five most vaccinated, fully vaccinated countries on earth? Malta is number one. Cases are down there 10% and deaths are stable. But uh, look at the United Arab Emirates. Cases are up 11% there. Portugal. Cases are up 161%. Deaths are up 209% there. In Singapore, cases are up 619%. And here's what I found fascinating. Spain is next. Cases are down there 66%, and yet the deaths are also down 42%. They are right next door to Portugal. Right next door. How in the world is the data this random? I guess we can just say the glorious vaccine is a champion of diversity too, to produce this. Look at the amount of randomness in the data in this in the Nordic countries. We can't even find seasonality uniformity in the numbers. So let me go to the question here that we posed at the beginning of this issue. Is COVID-19 actually worse than it was a year ago? And if so, why? Shannon, we'll start with you as the guest. So as, as I was preparing uh, for the show today with that question, it, it, I marveled at how difficult that actually is to answer because there is so much bad information, manipulated information, uh, lies, damn lies, and statistics. So you have to ask, well, how do you discern if it is actually worse than it was? Well, first you say, well, what is the government and the media? What are they telling us? And, and the panic porn is at a level, a level 10. I mean, it's, it's as bad as it, it is, it's ever been. But a lot of government people aren't acting like there's really a health crisis. Our own health commissioner here in Monroe County is a barfly. He's been out 
every night of the week, drinking, hamming it up, no mask. We've seen the mayor of San Francisco partying it up with BLM. They're not out masking. AOC goes to the Met Gala. They don't seem too concerned about what is happening. Um, so then you go, well, what does the data tell us? Well, the numbers that you were just delivering, Steve, are concerning, but we're still also dealing with a flawed PCR test, right? That cannot distinguish between COVID-19 and influenza or pneumonia or, or the common cold. And so you have all of these positive cases. Well, if they are testing positive and tragically someone dies from that, well, then that's also being called, you know, counted as a COVID death. Do, do we really know? And so then you have to, to extrapolate from what you see and hear with your own eyes, right? What am I seeing in my community? What are you seeing in your community? And uh, what I'm seeing here, there's a lot of panic porn out there, but people are going along with their lives. Nothing is really shut down or different except for in your hospital institutions and your education institutions. Other than that, people are having their weddings, they're having their funerals, they're out and about, they're going to the grocery store. Half of them are masked, half of them are unmasked. And so, you know, what is really happening here? And then there's the big elephant in the room. And this is this is what my suspicion is. And, and we look to the data from Israel. We look to uh, the example of India. And we go back to Dr. Robert Malone and Dr. Peter Kavanaugh out of Baylor University, who were talking about ADE, antibody dependent enhancement, six, seven months ago. And I'm not going to go into the science behind that because it will bore everyone. But basically, it, it, the vaccine, that spike protein, is causing people to become sicker. So those who are vaccinated, their immune systems are on overdrive. They can't turn off, it turns on your body. And this is why we're seeing the crisis in Israel. Every booster makes the problem worse and worse. So yes, there could be um, a health crisis. By the way, it's not, you know, in my county, only 3% of the population of Monroe County is tested positive for COVID-19. So it's still a, a minority of the population. But yeah, indeed, we could be looking at not a problem of the unvaccinated or a problem with COVID-19, but it could actually be this antibody-dependent enhancement, which has now been accepted by the World Health Organization and other major health organizations as a thing. It's real. And that could be what is playing out. You could also be seeing people um, in the hospital sick from adverse reactions to the COVID-19 vaccines. And those uh, seem to be exploding as well. So, you know, again, it's a hard question to answer, but, you know, when you look at all those variables, I think that um, the ADE looks like uh, that's the culprit from my perspective. Shannon mentioned Israel, just to give you a marker on them, over 80% of Israeli adults are fully vaccinated. Cases in Israel from the first week of September 2020 to the first week of September 2021, cases in Israel are 130% higher, deaths are 56% higher. Todd, your answer, what do you think? How would you answer that question? More than uh, Shannon on this show, I think probably would everybody assume I would say obviously yes. But Shannon's analysis is really astute in terms of the number of variables that you need to throw into the system in order to say yes or no on that. And at this point, I will actually uh, go the other direction. I, I will say no, it wouldn't shock me in the least if the answer is yes, but I'm basing it on this very this variable sticks out to me the most, the demographics. As of now, the demographic profile of who COVID is hitting and how it's hitting them 
is is not really changing, particularly amongst children, which is why I said all along, this thing is not coming through for a, like a thief in the night. Kids, uh, a lot of them being coded the way they're coded are not there because they uh, have a bad case of COVID. There's RSV, which speaks to what Shannon says about we just have sicker people because of how we not allowed natural immunity to kick in and they're more vulnerable to all manner of things. But until the demographic profile changes, the elderly, those with comorbidities, um, it really, I, I, I'll say no, and I'll cross myself as I'm doing it. Aaron, how would you answer the question? So surprising because, answer from Todd. So because of what Shannon led off with, which is what data do you trust, you know, really wholeheartedly, what data do you trust and how would you even verify that, that data data? I, I never know how to say that. Um, I, I'm going to, I, I'm going to punt on actually the, the WHO and, and the, the the data that we've we've garnered from all of these websites and all of these health authorities, it might be true. It might be ninety percent true. It might be eighty, fifty. Who knows? I'm just going to go based on what I've seen with my own eyes. And I ran a poll on this a few weeks ago, asking people, uh, true or false, uh, COVID. You know more people infected with COVID this year than you did last year, and it was about fifty fifty. But I will tell you my own personal experience. I know by a factor of about seven or eight more people this year who have had COVID, including family members, myself, my wife, uh, family members, extended family members, some more cautious than others than I did last year. Now, again, that's anecdotal. It's completely anecdotal. But at least for my own sphere, whether it's because people are getting out and about and more comfortable, some are wearing masks, some are not, some are vaccinated, all of these factors that Shannon just talked about, I, I don't know. But certainly it seems to be spreading at the very least better than it did last year. I will tell you, now she is not out of the woods yet, but my grandma, who is uh, close to 90 years old, if not 90 years old, I'm sorry, grandma, uh, already, she was in the hospital for COVID, with COVID because of COVID a few weeks ago. It's been a long road back, but she is, I mean, th this woman is, again, the... She, most most people who catch this her age have died. She has not yet. She's held on. It's not to say that this is still not a serious virus for that age, but I'm not sure if it's necessarily as strong as it was. It's just the size of the pie, as I talked about yesterday, the size of the pie is a lot bigger than it was last year. So even though the slice of the pie that's dying might be smaller because of the size of the pie is larger, you're getting more deaths at this point. I think that's a very good point that you make there at the end. By the way, the U.K., where 66% of all citizens are fully vaccinated, is seeing a 1,044% increase in cases and a 1,228% increase in COVID deaths from this same time a year ago. Wow. Let's get to the exit question. What do you think the Supreme Court will ultimately do with Biden's executive order attempt at a vaccine mandate? Because this is likely headed there. What do you think they'll do? Todd, go ahead. I think the Supreme Court... Quickly. Oh, I, I don't think they're going to... I think they're going to run away from this with a technicality. Okay. Aaron, what do you think they'll exact do? Exact same answer. Exact same answer. Shannon, what do you think? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely nothing. And this is why it's all hands on deck guerrilla warfare, hand-to-hand -hand combat locally. That's how we're going to get our liberty back. Um, I don't think we can expect anything good from any entity in Washington, D.C., including the Supreme Court.
So I'll have, this is actually my weekly prediction is I'm going to chime in on this a little bit later on here on the program. But, but today is, is, is Constitution Day. And I, I think that here's the thing about our Constitution, folks. It, it can't be a one-sided relationship. It's a social compact. And if, it, if we allow it to be a one-sided relationship, then it ends up binding those who actually honor it and allowing to escape those who don't. That's actually anti-constitutional because the, the, the scheme, the intended, the original intent of the Constitution is actually to bind government, not the people. So we allow ourselves as the people to be bound to it while we let government do whatever the, and, it, and its minions do whatever the hell they want. There's nothing constitutional about that, whether it's stealing an election or forcibly injecting you with an experimental therapeutic of questionable side effects and efficacy. So I'm, I'm increasingly viewing myself as no longer bound to a social compact that, is, that has been, in my opinion at this point, irredeemably violated by the other party. We'll come back. More of the Dace Group in a moment. You know, we've been talking about Rough Greens for quite a while now. It is the supplement powder that you sprinkle over your dog's food before you feed it. And with that simple act, you're probably reinstalling into your pet's diet the essential vitamins, minerals, pre, probiotics, omega oils, antioxidants, etc. that were likely stripped out when you bought that store-bought food because they strip that stuff when it leaves the factory for mass distribution uh, and mass consumption. They do the same thing with the people food. That's why we take so many supplements these days. Like right now, you should absolutely be taking eight to 9,000 IUs of vitamin D. Everyone in this audience should be taking that right now. Okay. So um, if, if you want a supplement for your pet, look no further than Rough Cranes. Now you might be wondering though, how will I know that my dog will like this stuff and that it even works? Good news. We'll give you that first 14 day jumpstart bag for free when you go to roughgreens.com. Now you'll pay for the shipping. We want you to have some skin in the game here. A lot of times you send people free stuff, they just kind of toss it aside. Now, you, you paid a little bit for the shipping, so we gave you the bag for nothing. So now you're a little pot committed here to give it a shot and see if you don't see a difference in your pet in two weeks or less. When you go to roughgreens.com, R-U-F-F, for roughgreens.com, or give them a call at 833-833-ROUGH-DOG. That's 833-ROUGH-DOG. Let's get back to our weekly look at the week that was, and let's go to issue three. Should conservatives invest any effort whatsoever in states like California or New York anymore? Conservative talk show host Larry Elder took slings, arrows, eggs, and was called the blackface of white supremacy, but he nonetheless took on the belly of the beast in his gubernatorial bid to oust California Governor Gavin Newsom in this week's recall election. Hook or crook, it was a landslide in favor of keeping Newsom, fecal-contaminated streets, and the ever-present tinge of smoke in the air of the Golden State. Perhaps California's best and only shot at some real change in leadership in recent memory is now just a memory, as the Democrat machine flexed its muscle, teaching the country, perhaps finally, that California was, is, 
and maybe will be deep blue. Which begs the question, why would any non-communist live and invest resources there? We're in a position here where we have to balkanize as fast as we possibly can. We have a state like West Virginia where a Democrat hasn't won a single precinct in a presidential election since 2008. And its governor, frankly, doesn't sound much different than Gavin Newsom about a lot of this kind of stuff. Uh, there are still well over a dozen congressional districts in Texas controlled by Democrats. That's the largest red state in the country. Where is it? You, you, we've seen what even just a handful of Republican governors, like Ron DeSantis, as an example. Uh, Greg Abbott, when he's getting primaried, <laughs> okay? Uh, our governor, Kim Reynolds. We've seen what even just a handful of governors can do in red states to destroy the government, uh, federal uh, government, uh, D.C., District 1, Hunger Games, uh, industrial complex narrative. So, and, and I think we need to look at where we're at time-wise, we, we don't have a lot of time here. I, I mentioned this a couple days ago. The AP's got an article out about Larry Elder. It's now Larry Elder's GOP. What's the There is no future. This was it. This was past, present, and future. There is no future. You don't have 20 years to try to build some kind of a block there. It, it, there's no future. Get out. Get out. Get the hell out. There's no future there. Um, I, I just, there, I don't, there, we don't have 20 years. We got, we'll be lucky we got 20 weeks, 20 months on the pace we're on right now. So I, I specifically chose this column because, or, 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 or talking point, because Shannon, you're going to be you're going to be here today, and I thought it was only fair for us to broach it with somebody who lives in one of these states rather than sit around and talk about you all behind your back. Okay, so I'll just pose the question to you: Should conservatives invest any effort whatsoever in states like California and New York? What do you think? So the simple short answer when it comes to national electoral contests or even statewide electoral contests would be no, right? Because there, there, there is no hope electorally for Republicans for a variety of reasons, demographics, uh, the tarnishing of the, the reputation of the party. It, it, it's just not going to play. But that doesn't mean that there isn't space in these states for liberty movements. And I do think that Americans should be very interested in what happens in New York and California, because whether you like it or not, what happens in New York and California happens across the country. This is evidenced by what we see happening in Texas. This is evidenced by what you mentioned about red state governors who haven't seen a lockdown or a mask mandate that they don't love. And so people have to realize that New York and California are incubators for radical Marxist policies, but they're also incubators for the strategies and the tactics that are deployed to put those policies in place at the local level. And if people don't understand that and aren't aware of it, they will not be able to stop it in their red states. And so, you know, we have to understand that New York, California are mass exporters of these policies, the strategies and the tactics. And essentially, we need to figure out how to win, right? I have this argument with New Yorkers all the time. Well, we're gonna move to Florida. We're gonna move to Texas. We're gonna move to, to California, or not California, you know, South Carolina. Mm -hmm. and, but what's happening is people are bringing the policies and the politics of New York State and California to red states. 
And so we have to figure out how to win. That's the point. There's no more exodus or fleeing. And, and that's what I've committed to here in Rochester, New York, is damn it, <laughs> figuring out how to beat them. And what I've learned, it, it is, it's the 300 level politics is national electoral elections, okay? That are 100 level. 300 level politics is building up infrastructures and organizations at the local level to influence and, and infiltrate these institutions so that it doesn't matter what policies come back. So that it doesn't matter whether a D or an R is elected. You have such a powerful group mobilized and organized that they fear you and they're not gonna put those policies in place. This, this is what the unions have done right? Unions don't care if it's a Democrat or a Republican. They wield the same power. What is that? That's organization. That's what Saul Alinsky taught. That's what Barack Obama understood and Hillary Clinton. That's what Tip O'Neill meant when he said all politics is local. So people, yes, should be very invested in figuring out how to win in these blue states, these deep blue states, so that they can protect themselves and learn the strategies and the tactics so that they can protect their red state communities or their red their red counties. So. Okay. Aaron, same question to you. You can answer the question or comment on Shannon's answer or both. The, the part about, you know, the statewide and then the, the national elections or 50 state, the statewide elections is what we're really talking about here. I, I could not agree more. Um, because what Shannon is is describing is something that I have uh, talked about before, is that top-down leadership is actually what we need to pursue. And the top is not the federal government. It's actually you because we are a self-governing country or society. That's what we're supposed to be anyway until, until we you know stop practicing that. Top-down leadership actually means yourself and then those in your immediate vicinity. That's what the top-down leadership actually looks like. And so, yes, there can be enclaves of uh, redness, I believe, in even the deepest of blue states, just like there are enclaves of the deepest blue states and even the most red states as well. So, yes, you can do that in mass, though, for a long-term strategy, if there even is one. Um, I, I'd say balkanization still has to be uh, a part of that. Now, the way our, our governments are set up in our state, if, if you want to balkanize even at the local level within your state uh, and you can do that, you know, go for it. But balkanization, whether it's state at the state level or whether it's at really we're talking about the county level or local level, that's the way you that's the way you have to pursue uh, these types of, of issues. But uh, long term strategy, if there is a long term strategy, uh, it's it's getting out of the deep blue areas. And even if it's another part of your state moving there instead. Todd, I think uh, conservatives should spend time there, but not using the Republican Party. That, that That's a death uh, march. You, you should go there. The issue is you the, the triangulation of winning uh, with uh, Republicans in states like that just turns them into pus. They're not worth a vote on anything. But if you're not, here's the trick. If you're not worried about winning, and I love to win. Everybody on the show loves to win. Shannon just got a huge win. But a lot of people don't know how to go after a win and hold on to their principles. What you can do, target specific, this whole Nicki Minaj thing we're learning, like if, if there's just a moment 
and a problem and a population that you're having a hard time reaching out to. Conservative grassroots organizations in inner city, whatever, L.A., New York, if there's opportunities, absolutely march them in there because the, the, and, and just pound on it and pound on it and, and take the advantage of being on the offensive. You're very rarely on the offensive in these states. If you're not really worried about winning in those states, but about the issue and letting people see that they care about you, that can grow out of those states and be a benefit nationwide so that's the only way i would do it in those states let me play a quick devil's advocate here do i have time for this i do quick devil's advocate this is a romans one moment these people in these communities should be given over to their own depraved minds to 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 build up and undergird uh their their depravity with certain um uh Salt and light communities actually lowers and lessens the blow for them to receive uh, of their own sowing and reaping. It actually gets in the way of the laws of sowing and reaping. It actually helps to keep them installed. It actually helps to keep them empowered longer rather than have them collapse on the full weight of their own demonic, ins- demonically inspired worldview. And frankly, Shannon Joy can, can, do, can probably have a lot more success uh, getting Greenville, South Carolina to look the way it's supposed to look than putting a dent into Rochester, New York. That's the devil's it's advocate so viewpoint. Are you, are you, what's, the, what's the argument against it? It's, it's, it's interesting because what I have come to realize, I have found that working at the granular level and working to create <clears throat> groups and organizations that are mobilized and moved together, uh, putting together that grassroots um, activation and, you know, in the belly of the beast is instructive. I, I, I have learned an enormous amount over the eight, the last eight and a half years and particularly the last two years about where the power truly lies and how you isolate these individuals, whether it's a, a superintendent, a school board, a, a health commissioner, and just chip away with truth and light at what they're doing over and over and over. And then what you begin to see is that, you know, cracks form. Here in Rochester, you know, we have been turning out a thousand people at URMC, which is the largest healthcare provider and employer in Western New York. And essentially what they do in terms of these vaccine mandates for employers is going to affect the rest of the state heavily. And what we have found is every time we turn out, when you couple that with a couple good Supreme Court decisions, uh, statewide Supreme Court decisions um, that are, are hammering these, these vaccine mandates, you couple those with this um, continued, I mean, every week, eight weeks we've been turning out and the, and the mm-hmm. rally only gets bigger and bigger. We're drawing now from Buffalo and Syracuse. That pressure, that pressure pushes those executives at URMC who really just want to go along to get along and follow the mandates to walk it back. And we're seeing victories. We're seeing them now open up the religious exemptions. They keep delaying the firing of their nurses and doctors. And so the more we activate, the more pressure we put on them. And you can see how groups and organizations can influence what happens outside of the time. We got to go. We got to go. Exit question. Sorry to be rude. 13 of Texas's 36 congressional districts are currently controlled by Democrats. 
conservatives would be better off trying to flip as many of those in a red state as they can before investing any effort in places like California or New York. True or false? Todd. True. Aaron. True. Shannon. True. Okay. Let's get to predictions. But you bring up you bring up good points there, Shannon, which yep. is why we, I wanted to have this with you here. Okay, because you're living it. Todd, go ahead. Your prediction this week. Uh, after the uh, Texas uh, abortion ruling, there's been pressure on Breyer from the left uh, to leave, and he's been rolling his eyes at that, and I think there's a reason for that. I think he knows that it's far more likely in the near term that either Alito or Clarence Thomas leave before him. Interesting. Interesting prediction. Uh, Aaron, go ahead. I say uh, that before the end of this year, uh, the Biden administration, by hook or by crook, and I'm saying that word or that term, that phrase a lot more, uh, will uh, try to implement some sort of national interstate vaccine passport. Shannon. I predict that next Tuesday at 6.30 p.m., 30 days after my arrest, I will be grinning like a Cheshire cat at my local school board meeting, a free woman after being vindicated, basking in the glory of my case being fully dismissed by a judge this past Tuesday. My hair and makeup will be done. At a girl. <laughs> that was awesome, Shannon. Yes, it was. Yes, Congratulations it was. on your big win. And as the great Babe Ruth once said, it ain't bragging if you can do it. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. My prediction goes back to one of the issues we previously discussed. I believe the Supreme Court is ultimately going to allow it to stand whatever is the final federal court ruling on Biden's vaccine mandate executive order, uh, regardless of what it is, regardless of which side it comes down on. Rather than take up the case themselves, they will completely punt. They will not grant cert to any level of appeal, whether the final federal court ruling is uh, in favor of it or attempts to strike it down. I, I think they just won't even take it up. I think they will just uh, completely punt on it. Uh, all together. That, that is my prediction, that, that, that it will actually be the, some circuit court of appeals on the federal level that will determine um, the imposition of this uh, and not the U.S. Supreme Court. So it's, I didn't know what you guys were going to say when I asked this as an exit question earlier, but my prediction is in line with what the three of you, a variation of what the three of you predicted on that front uh, earlier as well. Shannon, again, congrats on your big win, sister. It's good to see you, and thanks for being with us today. We appreciate it, okay? All right. Bye, guys. Bye-bye, right, Shannon. Aaron, how much time we got here? We got to get out. All right. Hour two, Feedback Friday coming your way next. with hour two live and on demand here on blaze tv radio and podcast i am steve dace totters and aaron mcintyre are here with me as well we have one final week to go this week you have endured to this point you might as well see it through to the bitter end because we assure you the end is coming and it will be bitter let us know what you think about what we think via the stevedace.com inbox. Lots of different ways to access that. You can email us, steve at stevedace.com. That's D-E-A-C-E. -E. Like us on Facebook, where I will lie to you on the regular with our hashtag Facebook approved takes. Now, I'm not lying to you, though, when I tell you it is now less than 100 days until Christmas. You're welcome. 
You can also find out what I really think on social media by finding me on or following me on Twitter at Steve Day Show or finding me on MeWe Parlor, Gab and Getter. And then if you want clips that are both free to watch and free of censorship, get those at rumble.com slash Steve Day Show. Again, that's rumble.com slash Steve Day Show. And as always, we want to remind those of you that our that are our podcast listeners, you play a huge part in the uh, ongoing success of this program. Please, if you haven't done so already, leave us a five-star review there on your podcast platform. Hit the subscribe or follow button as well. And thanks to the thousands of you that have done that for us already. Uh, Feedback Friday brought to you by our friends over at Tommy John and Apollo. Now, I am wearing Tommy John underwear. See, I, I made a point of not doing this read until after uh, poor Shannon was off the show. I didn't want to subject our lone female contributor to discussion of my undergarments. But Apollo is Tommy John's newest and most advanced men's underwear yet. And if it's better than what I have already purchased from them and I'm, what I'm already wearing, then it, it I, I, I can't even fathom how good it must be because this is the best underwear I've ever worn in my entire life. But uh, Apollo has performance-grade dry-release fabric that is exclusive to Tommy John. It's just their latest comfort innovation for both men and women. And their Apollo men's underwear is proving to keep you drier and up to 7 degrees cooler than even regular cotton underwear. That's why another reason why. Tommy John doesn't just have customers. They have fanatics with over 15 million pairs sold Men and now women in across America love Tommy John underwear. No more flopping, sticking, or chafing. If you want to try the new Apollo men's underwear from Tommy John, uh, the, maybe put something high-end on your, shall we say, rear end. Right now, get 20% off your first order at TommyJohn.com slash Steve. And yes, they do have products for the ladies as well. TommyJohn.com slash Steve. My name is not J. Edgar Hoover, nor Bruce Jenner, so I cannot... Uh, I, I cannot you know, testify uh, specifically uh, to the efficacy of the female undergarment products, but I can tell you the men's stuff is really cool. Uh, TommyJohn.com slash Steve to get 20% off right now when you go to TommyJohn.com slash Steve. All right, let's begin with some Feedback Friday. Are you guys ready to go? Always. Let us begin with Tyson Schrock. And he writes, Blessed be the vaccines. Holier still the boosters. Virtue and praise to those diligent disciples who surrender at the foot of the syringe. Cast thy gaze upon thy salvation. See how the needle doth glint in the dull fluorescent light. Feel the cold of the alcohol swab as it wipes away the dust of death. Hear the crack of the plastic as the administer removes the cap. Feel the pinch and savor the peace that washes over the jabbed. Security and hope swim in the pools of Pfizer and Moderna in the land of science. Oh, to set foot in that place of promise and lay up the liquid salvation. Great are you, vaccine. Great are you, the science. Though many may doubt, we will believe, and when we falter, may we be encouraged by the gracious, long-suffering, gentle iron hand of the party. The bruises received are the badges of those who are loved. Gentlemen, your thoughts. May it be now and forevermore. Along those lines, saw a great uh, meme today uh, uh, with the Lord uh, and the devil looking down upon all the land and the devil saying, you can have all this if you will only mask. 
Exactly. Hmm. I don't know about you guys. My bowels leapt when I heard Tyson's Sirens song. They're leaping right now. In fact, in fact, I'm I'm pretty confident that a lot of bowels are doing some things across uh, uh, our listening audience, hearing that uh, ode to jab. Next, we have Aaron, different Aaron. He says, serious question. Isn't the U.S. average per- for a percent vaccinated like 70 plus percent? We Over 70 percent of Americans have received, of American adults, have received at least one dose of jab. About 63 percent of all Americans are fully jabbed. He says it would seem that if 70 percent of the pop of, of, of a state's population, let's assume a state like Michigan is is, is around the national average. Uh, if, if, and so if 70 percent of the state's population makes up only 25 percent of the state's cases, hospitalizations and only 20 percent of its deaths, doesn't that seem to be a major point for team vaccine? Of course, it also shows the vaccine doesn't make one invulnerable, but also shows it significantly reduces chances of contracting being hospitalized or dying from the virus. So those are excellent questions. Here's the issue that we have to consider with your question. Um, You have to look at a trend line. So if you look at the Michigan data, Michigan, um, almost all of Michigan's hospitalizations for COVID among the fully vaccinated have occurred in the last 30 days. They were barely averaging three from the first, from the middle of January to the first of August. They're now averaging over nine in the last 30 days. So it's, it's the trend line we're concerned about, like in Israel. Over 80% of adults in Israel are fully vaccinated. Something like a quarter of adults in Israel have received a third dose. Of, and they've only used one vaccine, Pfizer. And yet Israel has 130% more cases than it had at this time a year ago. It has a well over 50% more deaths than it had at this time a year ago. See, this is why we have to look at the trend line. Because the trend line has dramatically changed in the last month or two. In the United States, we went through 132 consecutive days with less than 1,000 daily deaths of COVID or with COVID. And many of those days we were below 500. Now we are just, we've blown those numbers out of the water. We had over 3 million more cases in the U.S. than we had this August, than last August. We had over 600 more deaths this August than last August. And the current trend line for September, it looks like we're going to beat both of those percentages of increase, the way things are trending right now. I shared the data about Denmark. Denmark's the most vaccinated country in the Nordic region. Both cases and deaths in that country are both up over last year at this time in this by several hundred percent apiece. I don't remember the exact number. I don't have it in front of me right now. I'd have to look it up. So our concern is about trend line. And then there's another concern. If Moderna now is going to openly admit in order to make its case for a third shot that its vaccine loses efficacy over time, are you now looking at getting re-injected with this with every variant? Boosters for Evs, y'all. Is that what you're looking at? 
How many people signed up for that? I, I would have told you prior to maybe mid-July that if you, if you had not had COVID, now it's always been a risk calculation, and I've always and, and and looking at what are the most common adverse side effects, I think we should be extremely hesitant about injecting these vaccine va vaccines or therapeutics, if you prefer, on a mass level to young adult males. I also think we ought to be extremely hesitant on a mass level about injecting these substances into pregnant women or women that would like to be pregnant in, within the next calendar year. But if you don't fall into those two groups, when you looked at the efficacy data against the original variants, if you did not have for sure that you knew for sure you had COVID, not I thought I had it. I mean, because I get 10,000 of you have emailed me. I thought I had it last November, December. You may have, but we, that's not a for sure. Because you guys know, I've said from the very beginning, it was here all along. We, 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 not that the lockdowns were ever going to work, but we, we locked down the barn after the horse was gone. But, but I would have told you up until about mid-July that, that unless you were for sure, as in, and I'm only talking about adults here, by the way. I'm not in favor of, of vaccinating any children whatsoever with these. Because everything here is a long-term risk both an asymptomatic infection of the virus as well as being injected with these experimental texts we've never put into humans in mass before. And so therefore, to me, you know, I, I think the odds are better from a long-term risk standpoint with what we know about COVID in the young than what we know about COVID in these vaccines. And clearly I'm not alone in that because every nation on earth has been hesitant about injecting the children with these things including our own. So I'm strictly talking about adults. I would have said before mid-July or so that if, if you're an adult and you're not in one of those two high-risk groups and you can't know for sure that you have natural immunity from a recovered infection, your odds are much better getting the vaccines than not. And that was just data. Now, that's a separate question from mandating things on people. See, if you want to choke me out, you want to force something on me, then the threshold to me becomes much higher than, than if it's just a personal medical decision. I don't know sitting here in mid-September that I can honestly tell you that any longer, the way this is trending. Because... On some level, efficacy against Delta is collapsing here. And, and, and what gives me hesitancy about just flat out saying that they're failing is we, I, we don't know the cause. There's a lot of appearance of a leaky vaccine. There's a lot of appearance of antibody-dependent enhancement, ADE. But, but I'm not qualified to make those kinds of definitive pronouncements. From the research I've done, there, there, there are some boxes being checked for sure, yes. But I'm also, I disagree with what the panel said last hour. 
I told you yesterday, I think the virus is worse. And I think the only debate is, why? Like Aaron pointed out, the amount of people I know that have been both vaccinated or unvaccinated, that are healthy and healthier than me, that are sick with this right now, vaccinated people I know in my sphere, symptomatically sick, is higher than it's ever been. We may have lowered the overall case fatality rate, and we did, but it, it, it's irrelevant now because the whole numbers of cases and deaths have exploded. So if, if you looked at a lot of the markers we were looking at last year, we, we're doing better. The problem is the whole number, the, de the denominator we're starting from, the actual whole number of cases and deaths is now so high that I just think it makes a lot of those IFR, CFR calculations now irrelevant. Now, I think the only question in debate then is why? And the problem you have, if, you have, if, if indeed you have a leaky vaccine, <laughs> people aren't going to like the answer to that. Don't be so quick to declare a leaky vaccine. If you're an anti-vax person in the audience like Todd, like you're not like dubious on a data basis, but dogmatically you came into this dubious because of your past belief system. Don't be quick to hope for a leaky vaccine because that's not going to get you off the hook. That'll do the exact opposite, actually. Because if the vaccines are leaky and therefore creating even worse, worse mutations, then they're going to use that as an argument to even vaccinate all the more. And they're, that's, they're going to say, we can't even count on your natural immunity anymore. They're going to want to vaccinate all the more. And then just keep doing it and doing it and doing it and doing it and doing it over and over again. Don't be, you, a, a leaky vaccine is not, your, is not your ticket to ride out of here, folks. I promise you that. The le a leaky vaccine is not your RFK Jr. ticket out of, you, you get out of jail free card. Don't be quick to want to declare that. I don't know that that's going to end the way a lot of us would like this thing to end. That's why I'm trying to focus my arguments on the affirmation of natural immunity for as long as the data affirms it, because it does. Because a leaky vaccine is not going to get you out of the out of the mandates. They're going to say that's why we got to keep reinjecting people. That's why Israel's doing what it's doing. Israel is admitting that the Pfizer vaccine failed after about six months, so it's going to start all over again. They're all going to do that. No one in the world is more aggressively vaccinated than Sweden has this summer. No one has. They were at 39% fully vaccinated on July 23rd. Today, September, as of September 14th, the number is 62%. No one is more aggressively vaccinating than Sweden is. Now, they're doing it after building up an immense amount of natural immunity. But they're trying to put as many jabs and as many arms before the winter season comes there. As, 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 as They're doing it there, just like everybody else is. Do not be quick. Do not sit around hoping my way out of this is they realize they have a leaky vaccine. Because the reaction to that acknowledgement is they will do the opposite. They will say, and that's exactly why we got to booster up more and more. 
and have a new booster with every every with every single mutation, every single variant now. It's the flu shot now, but it's going to have to be mandatory because it's worse than the flu. The way out of this, the path forward is the restoration of pre-pandemic science, pre-COVID science. What do we know about these things for thousands of years? What do we know about other coronaviruses we've studied for over 80 years? What do we know about the human immune system? I absolutely believe, though, that if we, if we win the argument, they're good, that, that if we convince them it's a leaky vaccine, they're going to be like, yeah, you're right. On that second thought, it is. So boosters for evs, bitches. That's what they're going to do. They're not going to shut it down, guys. You're going to have to win this with old-fashioned science or old-fashioned resistance. There, there will not be a, a, a get-out-of-jail-free card or a, a magic. There's no magic elixir argument here either. We have to figure out how to reestablish pre-COVID science as the norm again. Do you guys have any thoughts on that before I move on? Well, I don't think it's an either-or. Listen, I'm not going to hold my breath waiting for people to wake up and do the right thing. But uh, the t- two resignations from the, what, the— uh, FDA, because of political pressure on boosters and even the WHO coming out on this, like there is a community out there that is pushing up, pushing against uh, boosters forever. Now, their motivations may have nothing to do with ours and that. So that remains to be seen. But going back to what you said about trend lines, and I remember back, this did come up on the show, but it was too early for even me to begin uh, to truly... Uh, put my finger uh, on the pulse of reality. But I do believe it's reality now. Back when the vaccines uh, were first put into place, we talked about the timing of it. Why now? And I do think with Sweden and what we're seeing with the natural immunity that kicked in in Sweden, I I do think, and this is why I should be skeptical and probably agree with Steve on what he just said, that that they they needed to get those vaccines out then because they knew natural immunity was coming they knew that we couldn't have more swedens that that had to be the only one and 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 we had to forget about that uh at the bottom of the ocean and so that's the that that, to the reader's initial question why this seems so obvious i there seems to be good there seems to be hope here there seems to be hope no you were not allowed to hope and the pharmaceutical companies had to make sure of that from the very beginning because far more than hope they got their own bills to pay, and they are in numbers that most of you and I can't imagine, and this has nothing to do with health care. They saw a business opportunity, period, end of sentence. Just to be perfectly blunt, and correct me if, if I'm mistaking you here, I, but this is just my own view, um, I, I, I don't... I think this entire conversation is irrelevant if you're not already, if you've already made the decision, I'm not letting them inject that, inject me with this. Yeah, sure, they may try to impose it more and more and more. Guys, that's why we have the Second Amendment. If they come knocking on yeah. your door, that's why we have the Second Amendment. All right. I I'm would wearing say my buy, Second Amendment shirt today. Yeah, I would yeah. say buy a gun before you get the vaccine or before they start doing that. That's why we have a Second Amendment. Secondly, from a personal health uh, p- position and policy. 
the vaccines, I'm just saying this as I, I can't even remember that the vaccines are making it worse. If that is true, uh, then y- if you don't have proof of natural immunity or you know you have not been infected before, you're better off getting the vaccine. Uh, if you are in whatever age group, if, you, if you're a senior, that's a different kind. For the rest of us, though, <clears throat> working age to younger people, it doesn't make sense to me necessarily that we should then get the vaccine. If it's making things worse, we get yeah, the vaccine. To, I, it doesn't make sense. That doesn't make sense to me. So at the end of the day, even from a personal health standpoint, um, pound the vitamin D. That, I, I think still, that's still, and yet that's going to be your best ticket out of out of this type of thing. I mean, if it gets to the point where they start going door to door anyway, you're probably not going to have that much interaction with with other human beings as well. That sounds super flippant. That sounds super dumb, actually. Um, but that's just the reality of this situation. Because to me, your your personal your personal health decisions, yes, that is very important. But if it's violating your conscience, that even comes that that, that takes uh, preeminence in this situation. So that's the calculus that I'm doing right now. The latest estimate is that 168 million Americans have had COVID or been exposed to it. Okay, that's from our buddy Kyle Lamb who works for Governor DeSantis. If I, hear, if I were in charge of the public policy, again, I'm strictly having a public policy conversation. If I were in charge, here's what I would do. I would stop the mass vaccination program immediately. Yes. I would fixate solely on only vaccinating those in the highest of high-risk categories. Yes. Okay. Um. And then I would do nothing for 30 days, other than promote early tre- as, as, promote early treatments, the ivermectin cocktail, as well as the monoclonal antibodies, and then I would stand by for the next 30 days be- before the next flu season hits our most populous regions of the country, in the Northeast and the Midwest. Um, I would give myself 30 days to just observe what is going on, and I want to see what the data looks like. Because I've got that much natural immunity in the country. That's what I would do. I'd hit pause for 30 days to see where I am at. I would not be in a hurry to be wrong one way or the other. Nor would I be in the hurry to fulfill self-fulfilling prophecies. I would hit pause. We would no longer do mass vaccinations. We would do mass distribution of ivermectin cocktails and monoclonal antibody as well for early treatment. We would focus our efforts on extreme high-risk groups, autoimmune deficient people, and the elderly. That's the only people that would be getting vaccinated for the next 30 days. And then I would want to sit back and just see what happens. That's what I would do. I would, I would, I, what happens in, in any event, whether it's a football game, you make a couple of quick turnovers, and then you start pressing, and this, the, and and the, and the snowball starts building. This happened in the Iowa State game last week, for example. Nope. Let's relax. Let's just take a pause for 30 days. And let's see where we're at on October the 15th. Because that still gives me plenty of, oh, and I'm sending every household in America a vitamin D regimen. I 
I'm sending every household in America a vitamin D regimen and then maybe a pamphlet on how to cut down on their sugar intake and intake of processed foods. Yeah, I'm going to do those things. That's what I'm going to do. And then I'm just going to wait. We'll continue to vaccinate people in high-risk categories. We're going to stop mass vaccination. And we're just going to wait and see what the data shows us in 30 days. Because that still gives me enough time at the middle or the end of October to make some other dramatic move if I don't see what I suspect I'm going to see. But if I turn out I'm wrong, then I still have plenty of time to do more dramatic measures before we get the fullness of the next cold flu season in the more populist populous regions of the country. That's what I would do if I were in charge. John J. Ewing writes, could Bilt Bar do a new flavor called Wasp Surprise? There's a... <sighs> First of all, they're not wasps. But there's, there's a smart ass in every, in every class, right? Everybody's got to be the class smart ass, yes. Um, Chris writes, I just got back from spending two weeks in Sweden and it was awesome. Hard to even put into words, but maybe I can sum up the experience by saying it was like living in an echo of, of, of the good the USA once was. It was energizing, uplifting. It was as if the pandemic never happened. Frankly, it was surreal. Couple of examples. I was on the west coast of Sweden and its second largest city saw less than five people wearing masks. And one was the clinician that gave me a COVID screening for my required negative test to re-enter the U.S., Restaurants full of people inside and out, young people and elderly, everyone together, laughing, eating, giving hugs, singing songs, living life. Families walked the streets, played at the park, went shopping, rode trams and buses and interacted like a healthy and active society without a mask or a face shield in sight. I spoke to so many Swedes about their feelings about the pandemic and the response was the same. The individual is the responsible party, not the government. You are responsible for you. No virtue signaling, no mask holes, no shaming. In fact, I didn't even know if I, I didn't, I don't know if I saw a single sign in a business about anything pandemic related the whole time, not a single business. I spoke to a doctor from Stockholm who rotated between that and the second largest city every two weeks. In his experience, the deaths in Sweden were mostly the unvaccinated, but elderly with health risks and typically non-Swedes from slot from mostly from Slavic countries. He said that was heartbreaking, but most were from former Soviet countries that will probably never trust a government again. Tons more I could share. Feel free to ask anything, and I'll answer as best I can. Have you ever wondered what it's really like in Sweden? The answers are resounding awesome. Here's my question, Chris. Why'd you leave? Guys, if you'd have told me that there would be a day on this show, I would become the official spokesperson for the Sweden, the most socialist country in Europe, the most secular Western country in the world that I would become after debating the merits of Sweden my entire career. I am now it's uh, it, the head of its chamber of commerce. But men, here we are. Yeah, and no vaccine passport. Listen, personal responsibility all the way vaccinated and not vaccinated doesn't matter. If you're sick, stay home. It's like the best advice you could give about COVID or anything else. And, and the booga 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 monster thing, the unvaccinated, they're out there as if this is the walking dead and we just have it inside of us, all of us. That's, that's the way they want to creep you out. It's stupid. It's unethical. It's immoral. It's unscientific. It's wrong. Just if you're sick, stay home. That's the, if you have to boil down that conversation right there, that's what Sweden is saying. Oh my goodness. The science. But it's way more science than most of the crap you get to this very day 
as most of the school district, bigger school districts right here in Central Iowa are approving on a daily basis. So the coalition that is moving to Sweden consists of Steve Dace, Naomi Wolf, and Nicki Minaj. Do I have yes. this correct? Yes, the Holy Trinity. Excellent. Plant the flag. <laughs> oh, old Bill Shakespeare was right, man. Billy was right. Politics does make for some strange bedfellows, does it not? Back with more Feedback Friday here in a moment. You know, there's never a great time in public to be all sweaty, especially when it can happen at the worst possible times, maybe in the middle of a public speaking engagement, a job interview. How about a first date? Uh, you want to you want to conquer the sweat monster, and our friends at SweatBlock can help you do that. Uh, their antiperspirant right wipes are stronger and more effective than most clinical antiperspirants. They actually have their own antiperspirant deodorant. I've used that product several times, and it is... It, 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 it's fantastic, folks. I mean, I, I was very impressed with uh, the stamina that, that product has. They've also got, uh, other than the sweat block wipes that you apply on your pits before you go to bed at night, that's kind of their standard go-to product. And then you get up the next morning, shower, get ready, and you should be good to go for several days without worrying about pitting out. Um, they've got other products too, though. I mentioned the deodorant. Uh, they've also got uh, a deodorant lotion uh, for those sensitive areas as well. I've used these products. They're outstanding. I can personally testify to their effectiveness. And if you want to give it a shot, try it for yourself right now. Get 20% off when you go to sweatblock.com and use the promo code DACE. D-E-A-C-E is that promo code at sweatblock.com. 20% off with the promo code DACE when you go to sweatblock.com. Let's continue on here with some feedback Friday. My 15-year-old daughter works at a local assisted living facility and does dietary aid. We received a disturbing phone call on Sunday night from one of the facility directors. They wanted to check and see if we would be vaccinating our daughter so they can have an idea on how many spots they will need to fill. They're going based on Biden's executive order to mandate vaccines. We said we were concerned about the long-term side effects, and she had a that she, and, and she said in history vaccines, all the long-term studies show vaccines are safe. We don't have any long-term studies of the COVID vaccines. We've been giving them out for a few months, and we've never used this kind of vaccine technology before. So, are they just dumb, or are they lying? My husband is a nurse, and we adamantly disagreed with her. We asked about a religious exemption. She wanted to know what religion we were, what part of the vaccines we disagree with, and what our church has to say about it. Again, not her business. Our jaws dropped. We said we were not comfortable with the fact most are made from aborted fetal cell tissues. She said that was not true. She wanted to know specifics in our religion and why we would not want to get the vaccine for her to keep her job. It was appalling. You're right. It's absolutely appalling. It's so sad that my 15-year-old daughter will lose her job because we won't allow her to get the vaccine. We felt both bullied and ridiculed. Just thought this story needs to be shared because other parents are going to be running into the same situation soon. Well, they that's from Katie Krug. Uh, they already are. I mean, I, I the amount of emails like this I have received uh, is, is overwhelming, whether it's about the parents themselves or the children. Go ahead. And there's a point of order here. And again, beyond the science... Just 
the smug lying is as much a reason, if not most of the reason, why I am a, quote, anti-vaxxer. To the point about vaccines have proven to be safe. There's an entire thing set up with the aid of the federal government called the National Vaccine Injury Compensation Program because vaccines aren't completely safe. And that was part of the bargain in the agreement not to sue vaccine, big pharma and vaccine companies. They would form this. They lie all the time they want to make you seem insecure freak just finally get exhausted and go away instead of just acknowledging this is the best we can do it seems to help most people some people get injured that's bad we want to help them too they never go down that road ever ask yourself why during the break i was reading an article in the new york post today that a friend of mine who's a yankees fan that sent me and a former Yankee, D.D. Gregarious, is uh, claiming he's with the Phillies now, I think. And by the way, did they look did they look pretty last night in those powder, powder blues, blues and burgundies uh, from our childhood? They That's baseball, should be brother. wearing those on the regular, okay? But um, uh, Gregarious was, was, was – I think I said Gregarious. I'm sorry. Gregarious was claiming that the reason he's having a bad season is because he developed a pseudo-gout condition in his elbow after getting COVID vaccinated. And I'm reading this article during the break, and but I love what it says. In fact, let me see if I can call this up here really quick because I was reading it on my phone. Let me see if I can find it here. It was in the New York Post, okay? All right, yes, this is the part. Listen to this. Experts are skeptical of Gregorius's claims. Paul Offit, listen to this very carefully. Paul Offit is a vaccine specialist at the Children's Hospital of Philadelphia. Well, first of all, if he's at a children's hospital, they're not doing COVID vaccinations there, right? I would guess, by and large. Just so you know, Steve, you probably haven't heard. He is one of the premier vaccine zealots in the entire country. Okay. Yeah, I've never heard the name before. All right. But if he's at the Children's Hospital of Philadelphia, I would guess he's not seeing a lot of real-time vaccinations or reactions or lack thereof because we're not vaccinating kids in mass. Okay. But that notwithstanding, listen to this. Paul Offit, a vaccine specialist at the Children's Hospital of Philadelphia, told the New York Post that any pseudo-gout, quote, has nothing to do with the vaccine, end quote, but listen to this. But he did say it was possible the vaccine would cause the condition to flare up if he already had it and didn't know about it. Um, what difference does that make? Yeah. This is my, they're always... What, what, that's not a that's, defense. Ooh, razzle-dazzle. Wow, Doc. This is why people are worried. This is why people ask questions about side effects. All right, so let's say he had a pseudo-gout for years. Now, I, now I got to tell you guys, okay? <clears throat> Did you guys know <laughs> these Major League Baseball players, first of all, they have the most powerful sports un- player union in all of American sports. They're getting whatever you think is the highest level of health care. Go, go a rung higher. They're getting it. And on top of the fact, their season goes on and on and on and on. They report for spring training. Positional players, pitchers and catchers are there by Valentine's Day. Positional players are there by the end of February. The season doesn't end until the 1st of October. And that's if you're not good enough to make the playoffs. If you are, you're going to play for another four to six weeks. So the the bulk of this season, 
takes place concurrently. And it's because it's not like an NFL team. I, hey, I may come in for a mini camp in April, another one in June, you know, so, and then I come back for training camp in July. No, they are constantly in uniform. They're constantly in phase as an athlete. If you're a pro baseball player from pretty much mid to late February until the beginning of October, your season is concurrent and ongoing. There aren't breaks there. You go from spring training right into the season. The longest break you'll have, unless you're injured, is the three-day all-star break. So what is that, Todd? Um, February to October, seven and a half months yeah. of, of daily because they're playing almost every day, guys. Seven and a half months of basically daily receiving the best health care in America that you could probably get in the private sector. And he had no idea. D.D. Gregorius had no idea. No one now, no one from multiple major league teams detected whether or not he had pseudo-gout in his elbow. Does a, does a baseball player need his elbows, Todd? A little bit. Can you throw a ball? Can you swing a bat without your elbows, Todd? You cannot. Chances are his elbows would be under close examination if he had experienced any form of discomfort, pain, or lack of, 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 of strength or function in his elbows. That would draw concern in a, in a major league, for a Major League Baseball team, right? Yeah, it would. Yeah, especially the one, where did he play most of his career until recently? Yankees. The most successful, most expensive, most most first-class franchise in the sport. Don't you think we would know this? Yeah. Would, would, would there, do you think fantasy baseball players might have been aware? Wow, I saw the crawler in, in 2017 that Didier Gregorius has pseudo-gout. Weird. You ever heard that story of Didier Gregorius having pseudo-gout? You ever heard that? Never. Was it on SportsCenter last night? Was it on baseball tonight? Never. So the idea, first of all, that a guy getting first class for eight months out of the damn year, the absolute best health care on a daily concurrent basis that you can find in the private sector, had no idea that he had pseudo-gout for this many years or any previous amount of time until now is just beyond incredulous to claim. I cannot believe the New York Post accepted that claim oh, without yeah. questioning it. Oh, yeah, you can. Oh, yeah, you can. Yeah, you're right. Steve can't. <laughs> this is a fantastic point Steve's making because if you really care about science, this happens and a scientist says, hmm, interesting. That's a data point. Without. Yes. But yes. if you're a cultist, you say, cannot possibly consider yes. that. Yes. That's what but, happens. But, but, but let's just assume, let's just assume the entire New York Yankees medical staff. For all the years D.D. Gregorius played there, just either treated him individually bad or doesn't know how to treat the human elbow, given that it's probably, other than the knee, the most important joint to be a professional baseball player with. Let's just assume that. And let's just assume this was a pre-existing condition that he had, as incredulous as that claim is. So what? That's the point of an adverse side effect. That that's why we don't have hammers meet nail. That's why we don't do thing whole. That's why we don't do things yeah. whole cloth without looking at. That's why we have informed consent. That's why we treat people as individuals. Let's assume this was a pre-existing condition, and he didn't know that despite getting the greatest private healthcare maybe on all of planet Earth, he had no idea that he had inflamed joints in his elbow. Just didn't know. 
prone to getting this. And getting this vaccine is what exposed that. What is that? How does that change anything? Whether it caused it or it's a it's an inf, it's an inflammation reaction to a pre-existing condition, it doesn't matter. That's why we don't do things like this. If That's why care, we don't forcibly do things like this to people. If you really care about people and not something else entirely. Man, I'm so glad we did the Theology Thursday yesterday on mercy and because the Lord's heart, the Lord's heart inclines to mercy over judgment. My heart inclines to whooping some ass and a lot of it. I'd like to inflame my elbows, beating your asses. That's what I would like to do. So that was a good reminder. Not to make it about me. <laughs> wow. Uh, where to go next? Um, that's a note from a veteran that I just don't have the heart to read. It's depressing. Mora writes, I received a call from my sister that she is COVID positive. She's a top administrator at a major New York City hospital. This is important to mention for the reason that I'm about to discuss. She received the Pfizer vaccine in January and was among the branch Covidians in a major way, praying the whole city would have a major lockdown, wearing a mask outside even while fully vaccinated, showing no empathy for my son as he struggled with extreme anxiety from the remote schooling he was enduring and judging me for not taking the experimental therapeutic. What struck me hardest was this. I suggested, being I am a nurse too and have followed the science and data since this nightmare began, that she start the early treatment protocol for COVID. I sent her the information from the Frontline Critical Care Alliance website that has ivermectin as the number one recommendation. She asked me, what is ivermectin? Again, administrator at a leading New York City top administrator hospital. And she asked, what is ivermectin? Morris says, I am still shocked. Again, she's the top administrator in a top city hospital that was slammed spring of 2020 with COVID. No idea what ivermectin is. At least she could have known enough to claim it doesn't work. She didn't even know what it was. She said she would mention it to her doctor. She did mention it, and he said, no treatment necessary, just rest and quarantine. She said she would trust her doctor's advice. Spirit of the age or business as usual in New York City? Yes, is the answer to your question. Said he's given over. It's given over to the spirit of the age. It's in complete and total control. It's given over. Your sister, and, and I hope she's okay. It's uh, I'm, It's been a while, Morris, and she sent me this note. I've had a chance to read it. Obviously, I hope she's okay in the time uh, since she sent the note. But, I mean, this is what what you just described. If you What is it? Uh, Siri, what does Paul mean starting in the 17th verse of Romans 1? What is, what, what, Alexa, what's a practical example of being given over to your own debased mind? Mora, your note testifies. That's that's Alexa would come back with reading the note, Mora, that you just sent me. That story. That's that's a that's a sad, terrible example of it. That's why we should all be grateful that God's heart inclines to mercy over judgment. But we should also all remember, like I said yesterday, mercy triumphs over judgment, but it does not cancel judgment. Sooner or later. Uncle Bingo arrives and says it's time to pay the check. 
Let me remind you, if you want to get involved in the real estate market during these unprecedented times, Bing. make sure you do so with an agent that you can trust. And where would you find such a person? Well, um, the name kind of says it all. Check uh, check out realestateagentsitrust.com. That's the website you want to go to, realestateagentsitrust.com to find a real estate agent uh, from uh, that almost, we can find you one almost anywhere in the country probably that you want to escape from or escape to. Uh, and they'll come with a fully vetted track record of success as well. This is a company started by Glenn Beck and his associates because they didn't want you to suffer their fate of real estate agents who talked a good game but then didn't deliver. To make that happen, they created this network where you can at which you can access when you go to realestateagentsitrust.com again the name kind of says it all head to this website realestateagentsitrust.com all right gentlemen final thoughts on the day well the weekend uh, is needed um i don't see any way to avoid the fact that you know that steve uh, laments angsts about uh, what he wants to do, it, it's it's not even going to be a matter of want. Pretty soon, it's going to be a matter of have to. Your, your your hand will be forced. It is going to be Thunderdome. These people are crazy. Somebody just sent me a note, Todd, that said last season Gregorius wore a face diaper the entire season on the field and in the dugout. Okay. We were made to be wow. ruled. Aaron, you have any final thoughts there quickly? Just echoing what Todd said. Just echoing what Todd said. The mistake I made all of last year is eventually, eventually people, sanity somehow, yeah. some way is going to win out. And it never did. And it still has not in mass. So until that happens, which it doesn't look like it's going to, we continue careening to what Todd just described. In the midst of it, enjoy your weekend. Relax. Have fun. John 317. This is Steve Dace. On the Blaze Radio Network.